Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode with Timmy and Will. Pop in the hood. Yeah. How are you, Timmy? Here we are, mate. Uh, it's thanks very much for sending through that video earlier this week on uh, you get past your third podcast and you, you've nearly made it. So we, we've we had some troubles getting in here today, but we managed to get, uh, get the code and get in the door. So here we are, and we're really excited about today mm. because... Um, We've got a good guest. Yeah, very, very really special cool guest. guest. Um, not only is he a good friend of mine, but you know he's willing to give up his time and come chat with us about you know his life. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to pump his tyres up, so to speak. <laughs> 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 you keep quiet over there until I introduce you, mate. <laughs> but um, nah, it, it's it's a pleasure to to bring this guy in. Um, He's a he's a BMX athlete in Nitro Circus. Um, he's also the owner of his own company, DD Airbags, which is for inflatable um, down ramps. Um, he's just an enthusiastic lover of life. That's why me and him get along so well. Um, you know, nothing is impossible in his eyes, and you know he's the kind of guy that you know, he's loyal and, and genuine. And when you get to know him and get beneath the the surface level of everything, you know he's achieved he's just a down-to-earth legend and um i'd love to introduce yeah good mate of mine todd mine he's in here today uh how are you today buddy i'm good you were just saying you're you're bad at intros and that was that was good so thanks for the kind words (laughs) no mate you deserve every word of it and just so the listeners know this this is the guy that um i'd met him i think three times and on the third time like i get to my doorstep and there's a book um on my doorstep um ray dalio principles and I didn't really know where it came from. And then, yeah, he's messaged me about a week later and said, did you get that book I sent? And I was like, oh, I knew it was you. Like, <laughs> And that's the kind of guy he is. He goes out of his way to, to make your life better. So um, I don't want to – his head will be that big <laughs> if you float down here now. But, yeah, you're an absolute legend, mate. And we are so pumped, especially my background in, you know, motocross and all the things that I love. Um, you're right up there. As you're almost a god <laughs> in that industry. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And before we get into the here and now of what Todd's doing, it's um, always good to take it back to the early days, what Todd's upbringing was like and hear about if there's any influences that he thinks really contributed to the man he is today. I think that's probably a great place to start. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a Belmont boy, uh, <laughs> born and bred, and uh, I, I actually moved back there, so I'm living there still. There's actually a really good skate park there, and I pretty much... Uh, don't go anywhere else except that park. But I started off on a skateboard, believe it or not, and I was terrible at it. I chased the board around most of the time because I fell off all the time. And then every, pretty much every time I came home, I came home with scraped elbows. And yeah. I remember coming home one day and throwing it in the shed. And I was like, I am done with this <laughs> thing. I'm never picking it up again. And um, uh, it was only like a couple of months later there, there was like back in the days when people, kids went outside and rode their bikes around the neighborhood yeah. instead of playing video games, which is nothing wrong with. Um, one of the kids' dad built a little fun box down the road. And I remember running back home, grabbing an old mountain bike out of the shed and jumped over this little fun box. And, and that's pretty much where it all started. Um, uh, a couple of days later was posting a letter in the post box, which is also something people don't do very much these days, but yeah. went to drop the mail off in the mailbox and we were riding back past the skate park. And I was like, Oh dad, can I do a jump? And, um, that from that, I still remember it like it was yesterday. And I went up this jump and it felt like I went 10 foot in the air when really I probably only went yeah. a couple of centimeters off the ground. Yeah. And from that moment on is when I, I started going to the skate park every day and, and living living it, it absolutely mate and like you just mentioned there at the end about um that feeling of like when you're jumping through the air like and we'll get further into that um, a bit later but definitely when you are doing these extreme sports and that it, it you know with skateboarding um i'm sure that you would have been good at it if you're stuck at it but you know when you find your niche and you really enjoy and passionate about what you're doing then you know it just opens up so many doors um to take it back to all that as well, uh, like what were you like as a kid, man? Like, um, what was your what was your temperament? Um, I I think I was a p- pretty good kid. Well, my my parents might not agree. I think I did the right thing, but um, 
I just remember for the most part, I hated doing homework, but I had to do it. It was one of those things I got home and my parents were like, you can't do anything until you finish your homework. So I would always go to the library at lunchtime, even though I didn't want to, to do the homework. So when I got home from school, I could go and ride. So um, growing up, I, I always tried to kind of get the things that I did. Now that I'm older, I kind of understand how things kind of worked out. But when you're younger, you obviously don't think that consciously. Um, but yes, where anytime I had a chance to do my homework or do something that I had to do that my parent, like as a chore, I would make sure that I would do it straight away. Uh, but before, so so I could go and do the things that I wanted oh, to that's do. That's good. So you've already got discipline from an early age. Well yeah. done. <laughs> like that. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But I think it's a, it's a good thing, and probably your parents instilled in you as well, like to to do the hard work first and then enjoy things afterwards. You know? Yeah, and and the school. Uh, I was lucky enough. I I was I went to a pretty good school, and and they were very strict on sports. Oh, like you, like after school like after hours though, like it was compulsory to get on a bus after three o'clock and go and do sports to five o'clock. And then um, on Fridays you had to play against another school. And then when you got to year 10, it was on Saturdays. So it was uh, like my parents obviously was the majority of the discipline, but then the school as well was pretty strict. And if you didn't have your socks up to your knees, you'd uh, get like, of, yeah, like right. trash duty and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> Do you think uh, that still happens these days, like uh, compulsory sport? Uh, yeah, I know That's, that they still do it. Yeah. And like, but if like if you would walk into the school gates without your blazer on, you'd get detention, yeah. and the teachers would go around and pull. Like if your tie was all the way up, and you can't see your top button, which is how it's meant to be, they would still still come around and like pull yeah, your ties around see. in homeroom just to make sure you had your. So it was pretty strict, but. Um, certainly, um, my parents like in a good way. Strict. Yeah. We still got got to do everything we wanted to do, but we were yeah. taught, you know, you've got to do this before you can go and you know in, enjoy yourself and have fun. Yeah. Let's talk about the journey from. Obviously, there's a lot of kids at skate parks, right? Yeah. Skateboard, skateboards, scooters, bikes. What's the What was your journey from those days to entering into the nitro circus? arena yeah, I'll, I'll run us through that i could probably talk about this for three hours because it is obviously a bit of a long a long process um but i was just, ever since i got hooked on it i just spent every hour at the skate park that i could when i didn't have to as I said go to school or yeah, yeah. do what i had to do um and then i guess what you were what you said before about influences most of my friends obviously because i over the couple of years of riding i progressed quite fast and so I was fortunate enough that a lot of the older guys were um, were not like, you know, I was like 12, 13, and these guys are like 17, 18. Mm. And they were probably, you know, drinking and partying and stuff. But my dad would come and sit down at the skate park like all the time when I was there. So yeah. they, they always co they took care of me, and my dad is the best human ever. Yeah. Um, so I had these these guys that would I got to spend a lot of time with and teach me these tricks and – it got to a point they were like, hey, you should go to this contest over east. So went to this contest over east and that's kind of pretty much where it started because I, I met all these people and was surrounded by, you know, people that loved riding bikes. They People at the skate park in Belmont or in Perth, they love riding their bikes, but not, I guess, to wh where I was in love with it, as I said, spending every hour with it. Yeah. That, that I could I just want to jump in there quickly, Toddy, um, and Will too, mate. Like mm. this is of what Toddy's talking about here is like that that environment that yeah. you know that different environment. Obviously, once you realise you had some talent in the, the BMX and and you're going there with Ter Terry, shout out to yeah. Tezza as well. Yeah. That's his dad, <laughs> um, absolute legend. But you know, Terry was down there and making sure he wasn't. I guess skate parks used to be you know, a place that people would go who are up to no good. Yeah, it's changed But a now lot. it's absolutely changed and I'm looking forward to, you know, explaining to the guys exactly about your riding guides and what you're doing yep. there as well. But, yeah, I guess that now we're talking about these environments, like it would be very interesting to see now how the Nitro Circus environment is instilled, you know, 
and, and creating quality humans through that as well. Yeah, you, you uh, actually perfect time to say mm. that because that's where I was going to go next mm. is um, I, I think I went to that contest maybe two, uh, twice or three times. And then on the third time I was 14 years old. Mm. And at the time there was a lot of, Every, every, as everyone knows, everything's bigger and better in America in, in regards <laughs> to sports. So if you want to kind of really go for it, that's where everything is. So at the time, there was a lot of Aussies living in Greenville, North Carolina, which was, you know, the, the hub of, of BMX. And there was an Aussie pro at this contest over East called BMX Games. And, you know, he's 25, married, and I'm this 14-year-old kid. And long story short, he was like, hey, obviously he'd met my dad and he hung out with us for the weekend. He was like, you should come and fly to America and stay at my house for a couple of weeks. And if you're coming all over all this way, you should go to Woodward, which is yeah. uh, the largest action sports camp in the world. So that is pretty much where the first kind of major step started um, because obviously then – you know, I'm, I'm sh now that I'm older and a lot more responsible and think a lot more <laughs> about things, I, I, I could only imagine how hard it was for my old man to let me go over on my own because I went over on my own. At 14 years old at, too. Uh, it, by the time it came, it was my 15th birthday. Um, and as I said, I did like school and I did try my best at school and I never, ever wanted to leave school. Um, but I had this opportunity and a few circumstances had happened over the last couple of years at, and my old man was just like, screw it, go for it, life's yeah. short, you know, and, um, and, and yeah, that's, that's when the first yeah. trip happened. Yeah, and, and like even since I've met your old man, Terry, like you can, you, you find that he instills that and that's such a great quality, you know, just like he's just willing to let his son go and do what lights him up and what he's good at um, regardless of whether it is on the other side of the world, like. Yeah, I really respect that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very lucky, and and that's the same thing as you know this other guy. His name was Colin McKay, and he was obviously one of my idols. And you know who who meets someone, and then within you know a weekend's like, hey, you should come and stay with me. And that's my favorite thing that I've learned that I learned at the start is how different of a community. Like not just BMX or action sports, just any sport where there's a group of people that love to do what they do because the next part of the story, which kind of led to the other significant part, is within the first couple of days of being at this camp, so people from all around the world go to this camp to just ride bikes 12 hours a day. There's nothing else to do except eat, sleep, and, and ride. And I met this guy, Joey Johnstone. I'm 15, he's 21. And I'm like, I'm going to this place, Greenville, North Carolina after this. He goes, oh, no way. I'm moving there in a couple of weeks. You should come and live with me rent for Like, you don't have to pay any rent. Like, I'm young, yeah, well, so yeah. I kind of don't understand, you know, what, like, you know, paying for yeah. rent and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, and I'll get there in a minute. Um, but he was like, I'm moving there. You should come and live with me. So I ended up going to Greenville, staying with this Colin McKay guy hanging out with all these guys i watched on tv yeah, you had posters in your room crazy and, stuff, and i was you know i was very quiet nervous kid like now a lot of them are my really good friends to where you know they were like oh i thought you were you know uh <laughs> a like little it. shh yeah. you know a little you know <laughs> yeah. and rude and i was just because i was just blown away that i was hanging out with these guys every day and it's like oh these guys are normal people but I, it's i wasn't shy because i was no, like not nervous i was just just blown away to be in in yeah, their presence and i i just uh didn't know how to react kind of I, thing. I didn't hey, yeah. i didn't and then so that was only a four week four week trip went home kept talking to this joey guy from florida that had moved to greenville north carolina and the following year 16 that's when i got my first major sponsor which was nike usa which is same deal you're young you don't really know how cool it is at the time <laughs> my shoes are off i took yeah, my yeah. shoes they actually are yeah, um, but and now that i'm older i'm like oh that was you know 
really cool. It's probably the best, one of the coolest sponsors. But when you're young, you just think, oh, yeah, cool. I got a sponsor, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got a US visa from that. And that's kind of where the contest part of my story started. started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess like, you know, um, you would have looked back here to Australia and I don't even know how you would have kept in contact with people back then. But, you know, all your friends would have been still at school and here you are actually like living your dream already at 15. Yeah, m most of my, I always had my school friends, but mm. same deal, they were, they, it stayed at school because we didn't have any common interests interest in like, oh, hey, how you doing? All that stuff. But when it was done with school, I'd go hang out with all the older guys yeah. that rode their bikes. And, you know, at, at that time, I'm 50, they're getting to that 2021 20, stage to where, you know, life starts kicking in and they're busy. But I was just also in my own world, just riding and hanging out again with these guys that I'd watched on TV for the last, you know, five years. Um, and then one thing I won't mi miss out and that's important is where I got to ride every day wasn't somewhere that anyone could go and ride. Yeah. Um, anyone that knows action sports, especially BMX, there's a guy, Dave Mirror. He's <laughs> pretty much someone that will never be forgotten in the sport. Yeah. And that he had this private warehouse and there was only two people that had a key and you could only ride there. You'd get a text message. And it was like, hey, session at five. And if you were lucky enough, you'd be one of the 10 people that were allowed in this place. And obviously, because I was lucky enough to be there with certain Aussies yeah. that took me in, you know, under their wing. And Joey, of course, the the other guy, um, I was lucky enough to, you know, go and ride and hang out with that these guys. Incredible. You and keep like, saying lucky, but yeah. there would have been something around your energy that's attracted all this for, your, for you throughout your whole life from the point when you were 14 to 16 years old, the energy you would have brought out to, for yeah. your father to give that confidence in himself to say yes to you, there would have been some sort of energy oh, you were putting out. <laughs> Thank I, you. And then all these older people that you're hanging out with, you're talking around, obviously you're talking about a community that's passionate, but you're still a young young fella. So there would have been some sort of energy that you were giving off that would have invited you into their world for sure. I think you learn a lot of things like I grew up also like around skate parks and things like that too when I was on my BMX um, back in the day. But it's like you learn an unspoken respect at skate parks as well, like, you know, not dropping in front of people, like having etiquette. Yeah. And I think as a young fella hanging out with the older guys, like you're quite respectful, Todd, that's something that I can definitely hang my hat on and say that clearly. Um, so it's that politeness and that respect yeah. that gets you a long way in life. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, easy come, easy go. Like, you, that's the nature of you. Yeah. So Thank you. I, I appreciate that. No. And and I think also one of the, the things that I always feel like I'm most grateful for with this whole thing is that I was hanging out with these older guys. So instead of, you know, just hanging around people your age that, you you know, you learn when you're 15, 16, when you, when you get older, you know, with the people that you hang out with. But all these people that are, I was hanging out with, they're, you know, some of them are 10 years older than me, you know, at the end of their careers that have learned the do's and don'ts that I'm lucky enough to be around that like, hey, Todd, just to let you know, you know, if I was doing something wrong or, uh, or what I might be not necessarily in life, but at a contest, you know, that they would share their experience with me and, you know, pass it on to me. And I feel like that's what I am appreciative of the most is, uh, is learning a lot of stuff that I wouldn't learn at mm. such a young age that was distilled in me that now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's lucky to have. That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Fortunately. And it would have definitely played a big role in, and I, I kind of touched on it earlier and we will get to Nitro Circus, but like, you know, they just don't take anyone on board. Like, you you know, you have to tick a few boxes and not only be an elite athlete, but a, a decent human too. Yeah. So, like, yep. you know, putting that instead for a chick, being able to be part of this for the last decade or however long you've 12, been. 12 years, 12 years this year. Yeah, yeah crazy. Mate, yeah, long incredible. time. Someone asked me that this morning. I was like, oh, that's when... Yeah. I'm starting to get at I'm that really age to where you're like, oh, yeah. I'm getting older. <laughs> and it's only just started happening over the last eight months. So thanks for bringing that up, Tim. Yeah, no, no uh, But we'll, yeah, we, we, we'll go there after this chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so I got heavily into contests. Um, and then I think it was 
uh, I'll say I was 20, 21, 20 or 21 when the whole Nitro thing happened and they were doing an Australian tour. And obviously a lot of the people that I rode with in America um, were Australians because when I went over then a lot of other Aussies, like my age kind of started to migrate over and a few of them did Nitro full time. And I remember I was home and I woke up one Sunday morning and I woke up with all these missed calls from these guys that I don't normally talk to. And it was like 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning and they're all Nitro guys and I'm thinking something bad's, bad yeah. has happened. You know, like, yeah, you, yeah. like they're my mates, I talk yeah. to them, but same deal when you're at riding, hanging out, there's a lot of us, you know, you still got your friend groups and, and I've got all these missed calls and I'm like something bad has must have happened. Anyway... Uh, long story short, I called one of them back and they were like, Hey, well, it is, this is bad, but they're like, Hey, someone got hurt and they can't ride the next show. Um, they want you to come on and do a 1080 on the ramp. Cause no one's ever done that before. And th this was at the, like, I loved riding contests and that was what I had focused on. I never really wanted to do the show side of things. How old were you at this uh, age too? Tw 21, 21, 2021. Yeah, right. Um, and I remember, same deal, I, I took it for granted at the time. Lucky enough, things worked out. But I remember saying to my old man, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it. Um, you know, like, a, it's, a big, it's a big ramp. So, like, the ramps we normally ride at contests, they are still very big ramps and you still do massive tricks. But this Nitro ramp, it's a 50-foot roll-in. There's a 40-foot gap, a 50-foot gap. The ramp's about... Yeah. Uh, you know, 12 feet tall, like it's a big yeah. jump. It's just one jump, do 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 a trick and yeah, and, and land. And, that, and at the time, yes. like it's, things have changed a lot. Like back then it was just, it was, um, it was a scaffold landing with like really thin gym mats. So whereas now like the technology and, and the progression, like everything's, we, we have airbags now and it, it's a lot better. Like you can pretty much land any way you can and you're going to be on be okay yeah. like I've for the most part knock on wood on a few DD airbags. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually better falling from a bigger distance because you actually kind of have more time to right. figure out where you are and where to land and, and the, it's a lot higher and a lot steeper and a, yeah. it, it is a more of like a slide but that would sound ludicrous to our listeners <laughs> like it's, it's better yeah, it's well better. even me at the time because yeah. i mean i was terrifying and i remember I was, I got on the phone to the athlete manager of Nitro and I was like, Hey, I'm not really sure if I want to do it. Um, he was a great guy and I was, you know, I was a pretty shy kid growing up and he was like, look, it's okay. We'll fly you out here. Come check it out. If you want to do it, cool. If you don't, no worries at all. Obviously I did and I rode and I didn't even land the trick, but I still rode really well throughout the show and they're like, Hey, do you want to come next weekend and do another show? We still got to wait for this other guy that's got injured, you know, to come back. And it's, you know, I'd love to. Did that other show and I was walking, I was only meant to do the two shows. And as I was walking off the field, the athlete manager came up to me and said, Hey, um, you know, we've got a pretty busy, you know, schedule coming up and uh, we're really impressed. And we want to know if you want to stay on and, and finish this tour. Incredible. And um, finished, uh, finished the tour and then uh, I remember getting on the bus to to go home and the guy was like do you love this do you want to do it I was like yeah I, I really enjoy yeah, it let's, let's he shook my hand and said welcome to the circus wow. <laughs> yeah. isn't that incredible Crazy. so just break down that moment for us Todd like how did that feel to you when they offered you a spot on the tour um like at it, 21 you yeah it and same deal I obviously an age thing and but it's almost like you don't really think about it too much. Uh, like, I hope this doesn't sound wrong, but it's like at that time there's, there was still so much happening, like all these contests and going over to America when I was 16, 15, 16 and getting to ride with my heroes. And it almost, just, like, it, it almost, you know, it, it's not just like that one thing. There's just so much that leads into it to where it's almost just like, cool, another opportunity, I'm going to take it. Let's see where this goes. Obviously super excited, mm. but then at the same time, now if I knew the kind of life that I would have following that and I was now to go back and ask that, I would lose my mind because yeah. I didn't expect 
how these last 10, 12 years would be, the opportunities, the places, the p- people, you know, um, and all the other stuff it's led into, you know, like it's it's a lot more um, kind of, uh, it's so different now to look at yeah. it, you know, rather than being in that place because you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen or how this is going to be. I'm still scared shitless of this rant and i still am today it's just <laughs> yeah. different because the tricks are is the progression it's it's a lot crazy now um but yeah i i didn't really know what to think i was just like all right here we go let's just kind of see where this goes and yeah i i had no idea well that's one thing look, you go one Will. thing i wanted to actually ask you i was thinking about this the last couple of days and it's probably the perfect time now is i wanted to ask what your relationship is with fear because at that moment when you got offered to join the circus because someone got injured and you had that moment where you weren't sure if you wanted to do it or not, I don't know if that came down to fear of failure or just how big the magnitude of, of that opportunity was, whatever it is, discuss that with us soon. But if you hadn't taken that opportunity, your whole life could be different. And if you had let that fear stop you from taking the opportunity... And I think the reason why I like to ask that is all the listeners and everyone, me and Timmy included and yourself, you go through life and I still believe that fear is the biggest thing that holds back success. 100%. And people in their mind create all sorts of scenarios in their mind as to what could happen, which is fear, and they never get to realise their full potential. But you just described a particular catalyst moment in your life where you could have gone, not for me, or could have changed the direction of your whole life. Yeah. So yeah, just wanted to ask, that was one key thing I wanted to get out today for everyone is your relationship with fear because you do something that's pretty crazy. <laughs> pretty crazy. So it, it's please like, talk to us about um, that. Same deal. It's, as I said, at a young age, you don't think about a lot, you know, whereas now as an adult, you do. And I always, you know, do kind of reminisce and kind of think back to how I thought back then. And I think what it came down to is obviously I loved something so much that I didn't really think about the consequences. I got very lucky. This is lucky um, because obviously a lot of people have injuries a lot. Like I've had my injuries. I've broken stuff and been knocked out and a a lot of that stuff. But I I feel like that happened. The bigger injuries came, you know, four, five, six years into riding. So I think because, and I, I went hard. Like I was that kid at the skate park with helmet, knee pads, uh, elbow pads, shit, soccer shin pads. Cause yeah, yeah. I was a little kid. So no sh- proper shin pads would fit me. So my dad would have to get me soccer, soccer shin pads <laughs> and shorts, just super dog. Like I was a dog and I just had pads head to toe and I would just send these tricks over and over and yeah, you'd crash and you hurt yourself, but nothing too big. So I never really had anything in my head in terms of, I hope I don't feel this pain anymore or I hope I, to where when I did have a big injury and break my leg, which was horrible, which was my first major one, I was already so far in that I it didn't bother me because I just purely loved doing what I did. You but a strong ob- purpose. Yeah, but and then but obviously um you get older, you've been doing it for a long time and you continuously, you know, do have big injuries. And I, I guess the major thing with it is if you're around good people that enjoy doing what you do and you're pushing yourself and you're learning, that kind of outweighs all the fear. You know, because even, even now you, I'll go and do a trick that I've done multiple times and it, again, I'm sorry, scares the shit out of me. I will still be up there thinking, oh my, I'm terrified. I'm t-. But then when you're up on top of that ramp and you have all your friends screaming out here and they're like, come on, Toddy. You know, it's like you completely kind of, you just blank everything out. And as soon as you start rolling down that ramp, it just, it's cra- it just all goes, you don't even think. Oh bro, I'm over here absolutely frothing what you're saying <laughs> right now because I am just like living that as well and and your friends they add to that fuel on that fire don't yep. they and you just and almost when you get into that zone it's like magic yeah you don't really even know the crowds there you don't you wouldn't know anything's there it's just like because you're in that pushing each other egging each other on and like i'm excited talking about it because i know the that exact feeling and it's like why well, i loved my like extreme sports but it's that fear 
of knowing it's not if you're gonna fall off, it's yeah. just when. And and then <laughs> and then sorry to cut you off. No, no. But, and then it gets to that point, I guess, that you've done it for long enough, and you kind of just have to trust yourself, yeah. and you know have you know as they say, you got to have faith, and this stuff you sometimes you really. You know, whether sometimes you might not believe it yourself, you just have to say it to yourself over and over again that it's going to work out. And sometimes it doesn't. But um, yeah, you just, it's, I guess it when you're in the process for so long and you're doing something for so long and you're with the right people, um, it just, you, you just learn that something's going to go wrong eventually. Mm. It always does. You know, even off your bike, you, something's yep. going to happen in the next couple of years that you're not going to want to happen. Yep. And um, I always say this to people is that life, like everyone's always like, when you get older, you know, being an adult sucks and life gets harder. And the way I look at it is you just, ha you life gets better because you just learn like nothing. Like if you deal with a problem today and you have a problem in a year's time and another one after that, it, you just get better at learning yeah. how to deal with whatever the circumstance is. Uncomfortable, you know, you comfortable know? in uncomfortable. That's yeah. that same. It's always, there's always going to be problems and there's always going to be hurdles and complications yeah. and things that go wrong. You just have to learn how to deal with those situations. And the more problems that you have, the better those problems ha yeah. become because you figure it out how to, and going through those challenges, you like that's when you said just before about you, you trust yourself because you know that you can get through it. Yep. And it's like, yeah, okay, a double backflip, three sixty, no hander. <laughs> that's a scary trick, right? Yeah. But you like you know the muscle memory, the movement, yep. like you understand it, and it doesn't make it any less scarier though. Yeah. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's uh that that's just how I look at things. Not nothing, and because I've gone through so much that I don't even, I don't want problems. Everyone wants everything to be perfect. Like, I'm not saying I don't want that at all, but I just, I don't really get worried. My dad, obviously, because he's older and he's my dad, he cares a lot about me and he always stress, and I'm like, dad, I love you, but I'm an adult and I've, I, I've got it, man. Just <laughs> relax, you know? Um, but I, I just feel like I've dealt with so many things, obviously, being, especially because I moved away from home at 16. So yeah. I spent... Uh, 10 years in America by myself. So I had to figure out, but it was normal to me because I didn't know any better. I was that learning was life. So any yeah. any kind of problem, back to the writing, if there's anything, I just know whatever happens, however, whatever comes about, mm. it's going to be okay because I'm going to, I know how to, I know the basic steps with whatever the circumstances to get through it and be on the other side. So for everyone listening with fear, just drop in. Yeah. And, it, and it's not that, like, I know we can sit here and talk about it all day long, but it's still not that easy. And nah, I, yeah. I still get stressed out and I still, you know, want to throw things at the wall, but I just, I have a lot more how, yeah, this calmness. Yeah, how do you get to that? Like, what do you do with your mindset in those moments? Like, you don't, you wouldn't, every time you're up there, it's a show. Yeah. Now, you don't, if you don't feel like doing it, you still got to do it. And that's the <laughs> other thing, though, when it just, what you're saying, when you're around a good group, of, like, people that have the same passion and want to push the sport, they, you know, you're going to have bad days. Uh, but then, you know, there have been shows and I've been in the change rooms throwing up before a show. The, probably the, one of the best, biggest shows we did, it was Madison Square Garden. It was a sold-out show. It was massive. I was in the locker room throwing up, just super sick before the show. And um, it, I was sick or nervous? Uh, or? Uh, sick throwing up. Yeah. yeah. And um, it actually that there's a actually a really big story that came out of this. We probably don't have time for it, but it, it was probably the best show I ever rode. I did a trick that I'd never done before in a show and it ended up being, but I didn't want to ride and I was sick and I had jumpers on cause I was so cold. But same thing when you're around people that, you know, want to progress with the same thing that you're doing, they get you through on those hard days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love this shit, don't we? Because <laughs> like that is just um, that moment where you don't want to do something yeah. is usually when you do the best. Yeah. Like because you've gone past like a huge barrier and it's like you just lift to some new level mm. and it's, you can't describe it until it happens. And you would have been like 
I'm glad that I was throwing up and I was sick and I was nervous and that because otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have maybe... Sometimes when you, you got nothing left in the tank is like when you do your best work. Yeah. And, and as I said, uh, now that I am getting older and more on the back end of my career, I do spend a lot of time thinking back, obviously not as uh, aware and think as deep as you're a kid, but I always think obviously now I'm doing other things in my life. So I spend a lot of time um, focusing on kind of what I did back then now to get me through the stuff that uh, I'm doing now and when I'm struggling with stuff that doesn't have to do with riding, I always think back to those earlier days when I was getting through those early stages of my my BMX career. And um, as I said, it is it is a transition, but I just try and take that and put it into what I'm doing now. And so from that, I say you just – you don't – have to it doesn't have to feel like it's it's more like as long as you're consciously thinking about trying to figure it out in the next step and be more aware i think that's the main thing is when you're feeling a certain way or what when you're feeling a certain way just stop think find out you know kind of within yourself why you might be feeling that way whether you've got to sit down for 10 minutes and close your eyes or whatever it is Um, and I, I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll be somewhere and I'll just have to walk off for five minutes and figure out why I feel a certain way or, yeah. you know. It's like a little, um, yeah. I always loved it, the old Tamagotchis that used to just put the pen in the back of the yeah. thing and reset I was it. talking about that you the know, other day. Like I yeah. think it's, it's a definite thing if you can. And a lot of people use like mindfulness and breath work yeah. and things. But even if it's just like walking away and just not doing anything yeah. for 10 minutes dead right and and now i guess this will lead nicely into i really want to touch base on like what you're doing now i know you're still involved and you're still part of nitro circus but you also have your own business and i know you're an avid reader and you love learning and you love just like living life like we've got um this fun run in a couple of weeks together so hopefully we see all perth there (laughs) down there so um we'll see how we go over 12ks mate but We'll, uh, we'll get there. But, yeah, um, back to that question is, like, what are you doing now? And, like, you know, um, from the things you've learned in the past yeah. to now to the future. Yeah, so, um, which is great because I feel like this ties into absolutely everything else about surrounding yourself with people, uh, mentors, mm. being, um, I, I, I guess it is, like, I know you said don't use the word lucky, but I, I see it in a different sense. Uh, lucky enough to be around these older guys that were, the kind of guys that, you know, taught me a lot of stuff. And unfortunately, any athlete, it's not a long career, it's a short career. And a lot of people, I saw a lot of my friends kind of when they got to the back end, didn't do certain things that they should have done with not just their income, but, you know, it's going to come to an end. So, and I was always super aware of that as a kid. I, I remember... I, you know, I was making no money. Like as, like I w- I worked a job at the start. You know, I I worked a little bit in Perth, saved up my money, went over. So I always had the value of a dollar. And I remember I was like seventeen or something, and I was writing down all my receipts in a book. Sorry to go off subject no, for a bit. Go, go. And and good. one of the older guys was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, just writing down all my receipts for taxes." I had no idea about taxes, no idea, but I just wanted to keep you know, track of all my receipts and, and he laughed at me. And so ever since being so young, I always saw a lot of people when they finish kind of go down a dark road. So I've always been conscious of, you know, trying to figure out somewhere else to go at the end and do something. And it's the whole business thing. It's the exact same as writing. You have no idea what you're doing at the start, but as long as, you know, you, you're around the right people and you're constantly learning and you're going through struggles and, you know, shit hit the, hits the fan at times. And but as long as you try and do your best to keep positive, you know, it's going to work out. So everything in my BMX career, very lucky, everything went. It couldn't have gone any better the way I see it. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. I'm just trying to take that process and do it with something else and then I, so I'm, I'm lucky enough that I kind of had the blueprint that I was unaware that I was doing at the start to where now I saw that and I'm like, well, if I do the exact same thing now, 
it should work out. Fingers crossed. And just learn along the way. You just mentioned about doing tricks on the ramp. It's the same thing. Yeah. You just trust yourself that we've got a certain result from yeah. putting in X, Y, Z into the mixture. Yeah. Now, if you do that again, it should replicate. Yeah, but hopefully. You, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. If you change a few things. It goes back to your saying, success leaves clues. Yeah. yeah. You've already had that success, so just replicate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because and I always think the one thing that I wish I would have done better with my riding is just kind of focus on the smaller things a little bit more. Like I always just, which is why Nitro worked out perfect because it's just do big tricks, you know, do things that haven't been done before. And I always kind of skipped the the little, you know, technical side of things in riding, you know, the, the easy, like the, the easy stuff, but I spent more time doing the bigger stuff because that's what I thought I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. But if I was to go back, I would spend a lot more time on the technical smaller side of things. So I always think, well, if it kind of took me 10 years to get to this position in riding, well, now whatever I do next, hopefully it might only take me seven years. But just even though you want to do this big thing, make sure you focus on these little things because that is what's going to make the, the focus on whole the fundamentals. whole. Yeah. So talk, so talk through the business with us. So how did you come up with that idea with the um, airbags? Because th- he was sick of hitting the top. Yeah, <laughs> I, this, this is the true story. Um, I've been very fortunate. I've done absolutely every tour Nitro Circus has ever done since I got on. So there was a few tours before me. I've never missed a tour. Uh, there's only maybe two other guys that are in the same boat. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. How many just so the listeners could? Oh, I, and me, I, yeah. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Uh, no idea. Hundreds. No idea. Uh, how many shows? Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't. Don't know. know. No, uh, no idea. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Incredible. And I remember I got a call one day, and I was on. Just got home from a camping trip, and it was the athlete manager from Nitro, and he called me to tell me that I wasn't going to be on the next tour, and they're making cuts. And I was like, and I worked, at, so it confused me a little bit. But it's life, and you never know when it's going to end. So I'm like, is this, is this it? This was like, by the way, probably seven years ago. So a while now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a kind of veteran in Nitro. So I feel <laughs> safe, but I still work hard. And I remember, all right, this is it. What's next? And I'm like, well, um, I was like, what do I like to do? And I was like, well, I've always been into, I'm like, I get enjoyment from helping people. Like whatever, I had no idea. I'm like, all right, I'll do some volunteer work. I must. I think I must have read a book at the time that said just, immerse yourself into something and other doors will open. So I called up Princess Margaret Hospital and I was like, can I come and do some volunteer work? And then um, got talking a bit and then they say, oh, we, we see you ride a BMX bike. Uh, can you bring ramps? And I was like, oh, I don't have any ramps. And like, can you just do stuff on the floor? And I was like, not, not really. <laughs> um, and that is where the whole thing started because I'm like, I need ramps and it's too hard to, you know, bring a trailer down and set up all these ramps with two people, you know, and, and that's where the whole idea came from. And from there, it just, it took, cause I'm like, oh, well, how can I make this easier Mm. and, you know, a better option. And at the time there was a, um, a couple of people around that had them, but they were massive and they were hundreds of kilos and same deal if a steel ramp was hard enough with these bags you needed you know 10 people to set them up um so yeah that's that's where the idea came from and just from there i just same deal fell in love with the process i was like learning something different you know i when i wasn't riding i have trouble sitting still so i'm like i'm just gonna learn about this side of life you know i think it's that mental stimulation sometimes too is like that's when you're on a push bike you can't, or a dirt bike or plant, whatever you're doing, you can't be anywhere else but in it. Yeah. So you can't be thinking of anything else. Yep. So that's like, yeah, that's that hyper focus you can yep. put into your business as well. Yeah. And um, then, and then from, funny enough, I never missed any tours. They called me and, ap- and apologized and said, oh, we we're just going through some stuff. Um, there, there was a couple of tough, just like all businesses, there was a couple of tough times there with Nitro and they end up getting bored out and, it ended up turn. That's uh, after that phone call is when it went nuts, and yeah. we never travelled so had never travelled so much. The shows got bigger. We had more ramps, more riders. With more riders came on tour after that phone call, 
and the Rams got bigger and just like everything, like the tour progressed and now our Rams are, are twice as big as what they are and now you go twice as high and I'm twice, like you finally get over the fear and then they're like, hey, we have it. this new ramp and yeah. we have this new landing and it's twice as big. So instead of doing double backflips, you guys can be doing triple backflips and it just starts over again. You're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Just next level. <laughs> but how cool though, like back when you got the call to say you weren't going on tour, that's how you, the origination of your business idea yes. come about. Best phone call, probably like that's, best thing that's ever. That's crazy. We yeah. love this so stuff. many people you know, cop a bad phone call and they just take that as a victim mindset yeah. and they go in the gutter. But you went on the front foot, the growth mindset and said, what can I do next? Yeah. And come up with the business idea. So you imagine if you didn't get that call, you might not have started I, the business. I think about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy because I, it's, and that's what, this is what I think about now because I was uh, at a younger age then. And now I think about, well, what if someone's like, hey, maybe come and try this out. I think, you know, you think, oh, no, nah, that doesn't interest me. But I'm like, well, what happens if I go there? And then I meet someone and we get in a yeah. good conversation and they tell me about something that they're doing. And then all of a sudden I get interested and then I start hanging out with this guy and then this opportunity yeah, comes. Right like, so yeah. you just got to like, yeah. as, you know, as long as it's the right thing, go out and <laughs> do it. Because you, it's it, just because you're going, like even a job, if you're like, oh, th that job doesn't really interest me. Well, just go and do the job because that might lead to something yeah. else and you might learn that you might like this and then you might meet this person and then, I love you know? Epic, yeah, epic. Mate, like that that mindset right there is if people can bottle that up, what you've just said in the last minute, like, mate, that take you a long way in life. Seeing everything as an opportunity, yeah. not as like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, no, I get to do this. Yeah. And, and it is hard like because there's still a lot of things that come up and I'm like, I really don't want to do this. You know, yeah. like, and I always think, oh, yeah, but this and this. And I'm like, yeah, Todd, who cares? Like, you're fine. Things are good. Yeah. And, but I, you know, and so sometimes there might be time. I'm not saying that, you know, I do it all the time, but there's a lot of times I just think, go and do this. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, who you're going to meet. Like, Absolutely. Life, you know, if you just say you're single, I don't want to go out and do this and go to this funk, like not party. Yeah. I'm just saying a function. Yeah. You might meet someone and then meet the person that you fall in love. You know, just in all aspects yeah. of life. It doesn't have need to be. to find those parties where Megan Fox <laughs> <laughs> You know, it doesn't have to be like business or work or, you know, it's it's just with anything. If there's anything and you're not doing anything, just get up and go do it. You're going to be dead one day. Yeah, and it's hard to do time. it because there's a lot of times I just want to sit at home on the couch. But I guess I've done done it so many times that the i guess the discipline of just get up go do it it's better than sitting here and doing yeah. nothing and you wouldn't have your life any other way no absolutely and it's opened up so many doors and you can just see like you know through your business just so people know like dd airbags is like international like it goes across the world yeah you, you've um, distributed to what probably every country in the world yeah some pretty crazy countries like oh, what's the random one's, uh, one like? bermuda 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 yeah <laughs> that would have went missing yeah, it triangle. didn't <laughs> it didn't believe it or not it yeah, didn't no, um, done, yeah very uh very grateful with with how it all went and same deal um uh, a lot and of still going and and yeah. yeah it's i mean it's very lucky it just it's it is getting bigger and bigger and i still think like oh this is crazy but same deal. You never know when something could happen and it could be the end tomorrow. So I kind of got that mindset with Nitro, like never know when it's going to end. So I kind of have that with everything. And I um, just, I, I kind of see that with everything. Like, um, you know, you never know when something can end. So just enjoy it while it's there. Don't think too far ahead in the future. Just make sure you're doing the right things now and everything will work out. Always does. <laughs> I guess the main one and the biggest part of your life, you've found a lot of your, probably your best friends now, mentors, support, like life support. You've been on tours with these people for months on end. It's like Nitro Circus, like break down like the culture that they built. Like, so Travis Pastrana and the guys there, you know, tell the listeners like what they're like as people. Cause yeah, that's, that's easy. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I, and I say that's easy because... Um, it's kind of go like everything we've talked about mm. and with nitro i'll start with this it, you could be the the best rider in the world by times 10 and that and there's been guys that have come on that are you know really big time dudes but if you come and you don't fit in the group because your attitude is not right it doesn't matter the, 
See you later. And it's happened before. Guys have come and, you know, wrote one show and everyone's, you know, we don't even have to say anything. The athlete managers or, you know, everyone's, and they're like, yeah, then. Doesn't fit the culture. Because, you know, it's just a good group of, you know, a lot of people get the wrong idea about athletes and that, and they think that you're rude or arrogant. It is the most humblest group of people. And obviously Travis Pastrana, he's like the big dog, you know, if you're into action sports, everyone knows who he is. He is, there is no better role model in action sports than, than, than Trav. He is the first one out, like he's the first one out there signing autographs. He doesn't have to be. And he's the last one out there signing autographs. And it's not big, like he wants to. And the only reason that he stops is because obviously everyone there wants Trav's autographs and they're lined up for kilometers. And the only reason he stops is because obviously there's certain shutoff times for venues. So he'll be there signing. And he, the only way that he'll stop and put a pen down is he'll be signing and, get it and be getting pulled away because he doesn't want to let anyone down. Oh, so he'll sign until the our, one of our security guys like, Trav, come on, you go. And they know him so well that he's not going to stop, that they pull him back. But, um, you know, as I said, he just he goes hard, good attitude, smile all the time. Everyone knows Trav's thumbs up, you know, big smile. Like that's yeah. how he is In when the life. doors are closed. Yeah. You know, he's not like that on camera. Look, Everyone's always like, oh, you know, Trav, like is he how he is on, on camera, like in real life? Like... If anything, he's got more energy and more happy and more excited in real life. He is like a hundred percent the most realist, yeah. you know, person you got, and what you see is what you get. I think um, just going on that a little bit further is, uh, you, you know, you moved to America, you know, when you were fifteen, and you had older role models around you. I think, like for Trav as well, he was like thirteen, yeah. fourteen on a dirt bike, and that's when the Krusty Demons had just come out, and yeah. he was like this young, you know, he was such a, what's that word like? Um, he, he didn't really, he was blase, like he just loved being on a dirt bike and, and he got, fell into that yep. quite well and he was so talented, even his racing career and everything he's done, he's just been elite at. Yeah. But I think that that's his, probably his mindset as well. Yep. Like, have you ha- managed to have like chats like that with him? Yeah. Things? Yeah. Like, and, and he, he's. Does he, he feel pain? Is that a thing? I'm glad you said yeah. that because there'll be times when you're at a show and he can barely walk. He, he'll, he's getting, he's has really bad knees and he'll be on the table getting his knees drained. And he, he's been through a lot, like a lot of injuries, like massive injuries. He can barely walk, but he'll still go out there, get on his bike. <laughs> and, and as I said, the biggest smile has the best fun and then still send something really stupid and crazy and, and crash and then still walk off. And, and, you know, he just, He'll come on ours, like get on a mountain bike on our side and do tricks that we can't do and, and he'll just crash overnight. But he, if Trav, the only way Trav will stop is if he literally can't get up. Like he will not stop doing something unless he physically cannot get up. He's, he's just got this, he's on a, a, a complete yeah. different level to absolutely everybody. Like there's no one yeah. in my mind that comes close to him and when you got invited to obviously pastrana land yep. and you know what's he set like that environment that he set up there is just like nothing but good vibes and yeah. elite elite humans is it's that right yeah and it's the same like whether it's on notch or at trav's house or at someone else it's just it's all the same because you just as i said you're so in immersed in in what you're doing and who you're with and having a good time and progressing that yeah. um it's it's always the same no, it's incredible. Yeah, sorry to sidetrack no. down that, but I think, you know, like there's a lot to learn and, yeah. you know, your mindset would be very similar to Travis's. And like I, this is I wish I could take that, but there is, I don't think anyone's mindset is like Travis. He is on a different planet, man. <laughs> like I don't even want to like, it. He, like yeah. every, like even the other crazy, really crazy guys here and Trav is like com- <laughs> completely different. Like no one comes close. He is a very special Person, yeah, Epic, man. yeah. Should we run through Todd's top five? Yeah, keys to success. The, the the first one that kind of starts everything off to get it is having discipline. You know, being able to, to do something o- over and over again. And I know it's cliche, like a lot of these. I feel like everyone kind of knows these five takeaways, but definitely discipline because it, you know whether you can be as good as you want at anything, but you know you got to have that discipline to keep going and going and going, you know? Um, so that would be number one. Number two would be 
enjoy what I said about the whole thing is enjoying the process because you're going to have your ups and downs, failures, all these things that go wrong. So you got to enjoy, you know, the thing that you are doing and want to become better at. And then from, from that, it would then be to almost kind of wrap it up and start completing it is surrounding yourself around the people. So you've got discipline and then you're enjoying the process. So you're enjoying what you're doing. You're doing it all the time. And then you're surrounding, um, surrounding yourself with good people. Number four would be to me, I have trouble sitting still and doing the same thing. Like uh, with writing or anything, you know, I could do it, but I still sometimes feel I could be doing more. And the one thing that I've learned the most getting older is I've always got to be learning something or progressing in something. It doesn't have to be the same as the sport that I'm doing, but I feel like uh, you feel like you're doing something when you're, when you're learning something or you're progressing. So it doesn't matter like, you know, whether that's going to the gym every day and eating healthy, like when I'm on a roll for like 13 days going to the gym every day and eating soup, I'm like, I feel on cloud nine, you know? So that would be my number four. And the thing that ties it all together, and I know it's kind of the same as discipline, but number five would be consistency. You know, if you do all those four things and you're consistent at it, yeah, you might have some failures along the way, but you can't lose. Like, I feel like that is the key to happiness. I, you know, like I think sometimes, as like everyone, I get down, but I just think if I do the, like those four things, learning, progressing, doing it all the time, being around good people, enjoying the process, and I'm consistent at that, then it'll it'll, it'll all work it out. out. It does. <laughs> it always does. You know? And there's going to be some crappy days, but you j- then when you're consistent all the time and you look back at all these things that you, you, you know, be, being disciplined, learning things, being around the right people, enjoying what you're doing – even though there's a lot of times and you struggle, you know, getting through something and it's not enjoyable, but you know, you just look back and you're like, well, I'm doing everything I can. So if you're doing everything you can and it doesn't work out, well, you've done everything that you can to try for it to work out. Being okay with that as well. There's another thing is like, you know, obviously having high standards in things and, and having these, you know, five key principles there's still going to be things that test you, but to be okay with that and know you're trying your best. I I know personally, like I have such a hard time on myself. Like why didn't you could do that? You yeah. could be doing more. And like to rest for me as well is like pulling out wisdom teeth. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Like I hate sitting there not stimulating my mind yeah. in some way because it's like whether I'm reading or doing push ups or going to the gym or you know just whatever i'm doing like even this podcast we cram this into our busy weeks will but it's just that being okay with it like how do you how do you pull yourself up on that because i'd love to know pull myself on on what sorry (laughs) pull yourself up on like um knowing that it's going to be okay because you're ticking these off you know like um i i guess just doing all those and yeah. the, I get anxious when I'm not doing, as I said, reading, learning, listening to podcasts, riding my bike, gym, business side of things. I get anxious when I'm not doing any of that because I don't ever want to look back and regret wasting any time. Yeah, And that's my biggest thing is I always sit there and I think I don't want to look back in 10, 20, 30 years and be like, I regret not, you know, riding a BMX bike ride a couple of hours a day, nitro, you wake up and you ride at night time. But I was always up early, going to the gym, reading, trying to learn things that I didn't know what I was trying to learn, but just reading stuff and hoping something clicked Mm. because I never wanted to look back at the age that I'm at now and be like, I had all this time to figure something else out after what I'm going to do. And I wasted that time sleeping in, watching TV, doing all that stuff. That's a solid nugget of knowledge and wisdom there for like younger people, you know, definitely. And, 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 and us as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and even my, yeah, myself, and yourself, it, you like it, it, you never you just like, don't know yeah. when your time's up no. and to be able to sit there and just give your all at every waking second like that. And, and it, of course, I, I like to go out and have a drink, of course. Yeah. But same deal, pick 
pick your days, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or your week or the certain weekends, like set like, okay, on this weekend and I'll go out and, you know, I'll have a bunch of drinks and wake up and feel hungover. Yeah. But now same deal, getting older, the hangover hits more yeah. and I'll wake up and I'll be like, now I'm going to waste this whole day, but it's okay. Cause I've planned that I'm going to have that break on it that day. Like I'm not like, I'm not here and I'm like, do this, do this. Like I'm, I'm certainly not perfect and I have my days, but I'm like, all right, in three weeks, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to drink a lot and I'm going to wake up hung, hung over and I'm not going to go to the gym and I'm going to yeah. eat crappy food, but it's okay because I'm like, okay, I'm going to bust my ass these next three weeks. So that yeah, day when I'm hung over, I can enjoy being hung over. I think, yeah, I just, I, I love these, these conversations about this stuff because People take things for granted in life and, you know, you just don't know. And, and that's probably the key message I've got from this chat with you today, buddy. And every time we do talk, there's always some nugget of wisdom, but it's definitely like Will came to me you know, 12 months ago about this podcast. And I said, yeah. oh, I'm too busy. Da, 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 da. I was always going to be busy regardless. Yeah. You've got to make time for yeah. things. And, yeah. you know, what what's important to you is, is that's the main thing. Um, but, yeah, mate, look. Last question, Will, for yeah. our man here. What is it? What's the best bit of advice you've heard, mate? And best bit of advice? That sounds simple, but that's a hard one. Um, yeah. But just nah. give it your all, and that's that's it. Just give it your all, yeah. plain and simple. Um, and I'll, the, I actually, really quick, I, I heard one thing the other day, and again, when I was younger, I, I worked a job because I you know, saved my money. I wanted to ride. I didn't just become professional BMX rider. So I worked a job and um, so I know those hours and I, I saw something the other day and it's like, you wake up and you're at a job because your boss is telling you to be that same deal with Nitro. You're being told to be here at this time and leave this time and you make sure you're there at those times, but then you're not going to, you know, hold yourself accountable and, and do the thing that you've been saying that you've been wanting to do a long time, but you listen to this, person that you don't necessarily like to go to a job that you know you might not love but you you're going to be there on time every day but you're not going to do the things that you want to do for yourself mm. and and um i heard that and that kind of goes back to when i'm sitting there and i'm like i don't want to regret having this time and not using it you know as wisely as i can oh, mate. Well, we're super about super pumped and you've spent your time here today with us chatting thanks about, you know, yeah, thanks about your life and I know it was a broad snapshot um, of the things you've actually achieved as well and we could chat for hours about everything but um, just a quick like 30 seconds what where do you see yourself going into the future then like what's the what's your plans funny you say that because yeah. I my old man came over for a coffee this morning and uh, I was asking him about a couple of things and I you know they say one year goal f uh, is it one three five and 10 or something like I just with everything that I hold myself accountable for and am discipl disciplined enough to make myself do every day. I kind of see everything in like a, only a one and three year window because mm. I, everyone knows what, you know, they want out of life. And so I just set myself, you know, a one year goal and a three year goal because I know that every one to three, like everything changes a lot in one year. Mm but the longer goals that take longer time can take up to three years to get. So I never really go over a, a longer yeah, goal true. for obviously the bigger things and you want everyone wants. So you're always pushing toward, you know, like yeah. everyone wants financial freedom, freedom and everyone wants to have a, a, a loving partner and a beautiful marriage and a great kid. Well, most people and, mm. and great kids and, and live a good life and, you know, just that side of things so of course i want that stuff but i with all this other stuff that i have going on i change my mind all the time and um so i just set one year and then three years and i just don't look too far forwards because you get overwhelmed especially being an adult because there's so much that, as i said like like well now i've got this girlfriend now we got to get engaged now we got to get married and now we got to have kids and then we got to buy the house and then we got to worry about work and then you got to worry about your time and yeah. so I just try and look at things in a really short window, do the best I can in that window, and then just enjoy the ride and figure it out as I go. You've got this. <laughs> you do, <laughs> hopefully. And I don't know if I do, but I'm doing my best. Yeah. Oh, mate. Fantastic.
Well, I think, um, mate, we appreciate your time again, mate. You're an absolute superstar. I'm proud to call you a mate of mine. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the ride ahead for you. And, you know, um, we just, yeah, if you need anything from, you know, us into the future, just let us know. Appreciate it. This has been fun. As, love you, as you said, I could probably, I love you too. I probably yeah. probably sit here for a few hours and, and keep <laughs> yeah, talking. Absolutely. Um, but I know you guys got stuff to do and so do I. But I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you guys, obviously, I, I saw your podcast a few weeks ago. So I'm uh, stoked that I'm one of your first guests. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So we got past our third uh, third podcast, yeah. which means that we're on our way to success <laughs> to ourselves it. because they reckon after three, yeah, we're yeah most people don't make it past three. So this is number four. There you go. No, thank you. We'll get great. Toddy in for uh, 103. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. We'll see how it all goes. Yep, yep. I'm putting it down. <laughs> holding you to it. <laughs> Cheers.